It's time to get inspired. It's time to have some fun. It's time to take your relationship to the next level and create the marriage you always believed was possible. Come on, join us as we learn from real couples that have overcome real problems with real solutions. Welcome to the Unstoppable Duo Show with your hosts, Rebecca and Tim Lindsay. So we're excited to have Louie and Darcy Ali uh, on the show today. Um, they are an awesome couple. They have five children. Yes, five children from the ages of 11 to 20. Now, are all those children living at home? No, we have one uh, living at, uh, in an apartment at college by USC. Yeah. And they are an awesome couple, an awesome family. We got to know them, uh, especially uh, at our church here at Seacoast, but also in the 90-day experience that they went through. And uh, it was a joy uh, just having them on board and also seeing them just grow in their faith, grow in their relationship with each other. And so we asked them to come on the show and share a little bit about their story um, uh, share about those challenges that they've overcome and uh, what the 90-day experience also, how that benefited them, how that grew them. And they are, we got Louis. He is, you know, a mortgage underwriter by day and he is a drum musician by night. And uh, Rebecca was so excited as we, just before we pressed record, because uh, he was sharing with us that he just came back from California, from L.A., after five weeks on the road uh, doing the musical um, called Wicked. How about that? And then we've got Darcy. Darcy, you would think somebody has to take care of the home. Somebody has to take care of the children. But she also is a full-time psychologist, and uh, they take care of each other, and they take care of their five wonderful kids. And we're so excited to learn from them today. Rebecca? If you want to introduce yourself, it'd be too like, um, how, how long, for example, are you married? We always like to know those, you know, how long a, a couple together and maybe also how you meet and maybe anything else we haven't said that you would like to say about how would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. There you go. Um, I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. So we've been married 25 years. Come on. Um, <laughs> Five children, like Tim said. Um, we did wait a bit, about six years before we had our first child because we were 22 by one week when we got married, very young. Um, but we met when we were super little. Actually, we have a picture of us when we were eight years old um, at the same winter camp, church oh. camp. Yes. That's good. Cool. Yes, so fun. And then in high school, um, I... Well, you can tell that story. Yeah. I kind of chased her around college camp, you know, and, and uh, passed her to the banquet and got to know her around my 16th birthday. And uh, we became high school sweethearts, you know, at a very young age and dated for five, six years before we got married. Yeah, I didn't get the talk from my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he took us out to dinner and he said, well, um, what did he do? You well, can hold her hand. And hold her hand. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then before our first date, he gave me a quarter back then, pay phones, no cell phones. And he said, You call me if anything happens. 
But I have a great relationship with the parents. Yeah. And, uh, really uh, good uh, situation, you know, in that regard. So they love um, you more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we were, we're high school sweethearts. Uh, we got married when we were 21, 22 years old. And, um, you know, things just shot out of the gate. Just, I, I started succeeding. She started succeeding in her careers. Uh, like uh, Tim said, I, you know, got into Broadway show performing. And so I just was kind of on a high with that in our first 10 years of marriage, uh, playing Broadway shows in the top theaters in LA and um, felt really proud of myself. And then she kind of had a motherly instinct kick in after we were married and wanted to have kids but she was working as a school psychologist. And I was like, man, I don't even know what a sink or swim, you know, career in music, if uh, we support the family off of that situation. So that's where I, I got into mortgage sales and uh, became a salesman as a mortgage broker uh, 2001, you know, when, when we had our first child um, and just started succeeding in that as well. You know, and uh, loving the money. Yeah. So the first Living time, the California dream. California dream, buying, buying our first home, our first cars was a dream. Yeah, we were just and having then, a lot of success. And then we hit that financial crisis around 2008. Uh, and the financial crisis, I was doing music and I was doing mortgage, but something inside my head really took a turn for the worse, uh, you know, fearful that everything was going to fall apart. You know, we still had a lot of savings at those at that time, but I was basically uh, very, very worried and paranoid. And it just, I basically ended up kind of, um, I don't know how to phrase it, but kind of talked myself into a mental breakdown at that time. Yeah. Uh, 2008, 2010, uh, somewhere mm -hmm. in there. And uh, we started going down a road that we never expect, expected to go down as yeah. a couple. Um, Fighting depression, anxiety, job yeah. loss, zero income, five children. Actually, I was pregnant with my fifth when this kind of crashed. And mm -hmm. we delivered um, Penny uh, a month later mm -hmm. in the middle of that crash. Yeah. And um, our bank account, you know, went down to zero. We were going to the food pantry yeah. at, the, at the church to try to um, and talk to financial advisors from our church and help from our local church in California. I mean, we didn't even have money to buy the kids' shoes. Like, it was desperate times. People would just bring us bags of clothes and shoes that we wouldn't even know where they came from. Or we'd open the door in the morning and there'd be gift cards for grocery stores and uh, gas money and scholarships for the kids to go to camp. And I mean, it just, we thought we had all of it before, like we were saying, with all that money. And then it just was gone. And it was a combination of the financial crisis, but also what was going on in your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was definitely. How, like, how, so, was that, how was that for you, Darcy? It was suddenly there's like this new man who was like blocked in the head for something that he didn't struggle with before. How did you handle this? You know, it was really hard. It was it was a definite role reversal because he was not able to take care of me and the kids, I had to take care of him and find a way to feed everyone and find, figure out how to, you know, keep the house and gas in the car and 
So for me, it was really, really hard. I, at first, kind of curled into a ball in the corner, and I didn't tell anybody um, what was actually happening. We, yeah. we went through a lot of shame and, and guilt and just let the devil take over our our marriage, our emotions, everything. We we were living the California dream and then it it didn't exist anymore. And it was it was kind of like people on the outside didn't really know. And that that definitely was a time for us at our at our worst. It it took a couple of years, honestly, and a few people from the church reaching out to me specifically saying, clearly you need help. And I was like, what do you mean? My husband's the one who needs the help. And they took the approach that, you know, you're, you're the person providing for everyone right now. So we need to provide for you. So the church gave me counseling for three years, like every week. And, um, they paid our mortgage that month and they gave us, um, money to buy the kids clothes and choose, um, I think that's when it turned over. I also started a um, a class at our church who, who she ended up being my mentor from that experience, but she just took me under her wing and um, it was a class for women in difficult marriage. And she helped me to find my place with God first and make myself healthy first so that I could help him. And that support group is what got me through the next few years. Um, yeah, so before we dig into, you know, sort of the solution and what happened, um, talk a little bit about the actual challenge. So on the one side, you've got the financial challenge, right? Yeah. Um, the mortgage that needs to be paid, the groceries that need to be bought, the shoes that need to be put on. I mean, it was that must have been so, so difficult. And then, um, you know, we know your story a little bit. So it's uh, it was clear to us, okay, Louis stepping back. Um, but just talk about that. How how did how, what did depression look like? What did it look like in that situation? I wasn't I wasn't able to function properly as a human being. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean, I I was kind of curled up in the fetal position. You know, most of the time sleeping or resting, um, unable to just kind of get out of bed, unable to really have the same. Uh, carefree attitude that I'd always had in my life, you know, and um, the strength that I felt like I had in, in my, and my confidence was completely gone. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was, I'm really not able to, you know, put into words how difficult depression can be. Right. Um, but that depression was, it's so hard that I, I mean, we're talking two or three, four years of not being able to function really well at all um my skills taking you know, care of himself you know like yeah I'm, remembering to eat and and remembering you know the kids have something the desire to get up and go to maybe one of the kids soccer games or you know dance performances or even go to church getting ha having that minute to get ready and go somewhere took so much out of him that yeah. when we got home, he would he would have to kind of crash. recover, like yeah. sleep sleep for a day or two to gear back up for it. And were you uh, diagnosed with depression, or is that some? Yeah, yeah, I was diagnosed with um, 
yeah. major depressive disorder um, with anxiety. Yeah, so they they put me on different medicines and put me on with this psychologist, and psychiatrist, everything like that you would think of a professional help. Uh, with and we went through numerous uh, different psychologists. Some of them telling us you might as well give up on your marriage. Uh, you know, ten percent of these families stick together after like this. And, you know, just real real bad advice the yes. world would provide. You know, yeah. from from a lot of different counseling and psychologist like that and um you said it's never crossed you my like book that's not what i promised darcy or darcy that's what i not said yes to i can imagine that even the way maybe the kids looked at you you weren't the dad anymore i mean you don't have the imagination this is what the dad's supposed to be maybe looking back but you weren't available anymore for your children i mean the yeah. whole you're doing everything alone anyway, Darcy. Why even looking after him? Like, what kept you together? Or were there a time where you were really talking, how does marriage in this time look like? Yeah, I would have to agree I, with all of that. It was definitely a grieving process for me. I, Being a psychologist myself, my first inclination was to study it, to find out what I could do to help yeah. him or to understand the longevity of it. Like you said, how is this gonna impact the rest of our marriage? And yeah. did I want to accept that? I mean, I, I really had to come to a point of acceptance and not come easily. It, it took a few years and that group that I was mentioning and the mentor saying to me, this is what God wants of you. He wants you to stay married. He wants you to honor your husband, even when he is sick. He wants yeah. you to. And it took that mindset and perseverance to open my eyes to the blessings in spite of how hard it was, because it was really hard emotionally. And yeah. I did have to grieve the dream of the happily ever after that I, I thought was going to look like. And it didn't. It didn't look anything like that. And at that minute, it didn't look like that was ever, ever going to be possible. Yeah. Wow. So. When I hear that, I mean, like my uh, my heart rate's going up and just uh, just hearing that, um, you know, people speaking truth into your life and speaking faith into your life and you then reproducing that and repeating that and, and expressing that to louis and you know explaining oh my goodness look i'm i'm believing in you and i'm believing in our relationship even though it's difficult i i, I could just imagine that must be so challenging well, well there was a point there was a point where things got so dark and so hard that i didn't realize they were that bad for her I was still so focused on myself. I was still trying to recover myself. And I wasn't really doing anything to make it better. I was just wallowing. And she came to me and said, you know, I, I want you to, you're not going to improve. You know, like I, you know, it was a situation where she just had, had to say, you know, get up or get out, you know, like, you know, and, and I think that was a turning point for me that, I really had to kick it into gear and try to get out of that depression, try to, you know, bury my way out of where the hole that I was in, you know, and, and um, it, it took that to get to me, uh, get through to me, you know. Yeah. I, would, I would agree because it was 
definitely a learning curve. Like I said, I did the research to try to figure out how to help him. And I was trying to do everything for him and he was accepting it, but then he wasn't having the gumption to want to be better himself. It was a huge turning point. Um, I had to let go and he had to choose to be healthy. And then we could be healthy separate so we could be healthy together. Oh, so good. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Be healthy separate so that you can be healthy together. Yeah. That was one of the, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just can you speak a little bit to how the children experienced that situation? I can tell you that she's a fantastic mom. And I think she kept I think she kept the children guarded from everything that was going on the best way possible. It's not like we kept it a secret from them, but it was a situation where she let life continue while yeah. this was going on. And the kids, I think you if you would ask them, they would say, didn't we didn't know it was that bad yeah Um, i think i think she carried on in spite of all the difficulties you know while i was you know hiding in my room or you know or or you know just not recovering i mean i may not have been there and present with them at certain times in their ages but i think our kids by the grace of god have have been very healthy uh, and hopefully they don't encounter anything like that in their lifetime or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, I think they're very uh, happy, healthy kids. And that's a lot of uh, kudos to my wife. That's so. great. A lot, a lot of the times when, say, for example, my son at a soccer game, he's like five or six, seven years old. And he would say, why isn't daddy coming? And I would just say, well, daddy's just not going to come today, but he'll be there tomorrow. Or you can tell him when we get home or he would come to the game. And then my other daughter would say, well, daddy doesn't watch when he comes. Why does he come if he's not going to watch? So I had to be very proactive in in keeping positive um, and not speaking negatively of him as if he was choosing it. Um, that was a big part of my conversations with them and daddy loves you and you know he's he's there and he's encouraging you instead of oh he doesn't want to be there or you know I never I never talked negatively about it but we had to come to a point when he didn't want to come where I would say it's daddy's choice you need to ask him yeah he had to take responsibility at that at that minute but I tried really hard to keep them involved in good, healthy things. We never missed church, never missed youth group. I always tried to make sure they went to winter camp and summer camp and BBS and just immersed them as much as I could with other good, healthy things. And then yeah. we, didn't, we didn't actually talk about his illness until last November. That was the first time we sat as a family and we discussed it um, and it's, it's reality because they were little. I mean, remember my youngest was an infant and that meant my oldest was only eight years old. So it was easy to distract them yeah. from the negatives and just bring in the positive. Yeah. So after something shifted in you, after you had this Kairos moment, Louis, or this aha moment of, even asking yourself, do I really want to get better? Do I really want to get healthy? 
What were some things that you did and how quickly did you see a change or even you start changing your marriage? Something is changing, something has shifted. Well, we had to get the medicine correct. Uh, you know, the, the medicines were a huge help, but sometimes a deterrent because when they first diagnosed me, they loaded me up on really heavy medicine. I think that contributed to my lethargicness, you know, being sleepy all the time, all that kind of stuff. So once once we got that kind of under control, that was a huge help uh, for stabilizing. And I came to the conclusion that I really don't need a lot of medicine. I'm on medicine still today, just to be um, regulated and level, and 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 you know not to occur again. Um, and I continue to see doctors. I see, you know just so that I don't fall back into the and be proactive. You know, yeah. um, I think uh, I think God was gracious to me at that time. You know, and let me have the energy to rebuild and start to strengthen. But it was a long road. It was six, seven, eight years maybe even 10 years of, of really fighting, uh, uh, you know, a change in my personality you know, and stuff like that. Um, desire to want to live. One, one thing, yeah, desire to want to live. At, at one point, you know, I wasn't suicidal, but I was definitely thinking to myself, I would be better off for my family if I wasn't alive. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, uh, you know, the, those, those kind of thoughts, unfortunately, yeah. perpetrate in my head. Um, Feeling ashamed and guilty, not being the man that you wanted to be yourself yeah. and you weren't able to be. I can yeah. imagine. I mean, uh, honestly, um, coming up with strategies uh, that would fix the problem, finances, moving to South Carolina, uh, selling the house, those were all things that happened five, seven, ten years later, you know, and, and by 2017, we decided to sell the house and move to South Carolina. And that fixed our financial situation uh, because we were house poor uh, living in California. Uh, and uh, then it was more of a relationship uh, type of uh, healing that we needed to accomplish. And we, we attended Seacoast. We both went to Seacoast. The area, and we looked at each other and said, "This is where we need to be. This is where God's calling it us." It was to be. a Kairos moment. We were sitting in the worship. We were just checking out if we wanted to live here, and we both looked at each other and we said, "Did you feel that?" And he was like, "Yeah." And we went, "God just told me we have to move here." And <laughs> it was it was like goosebump moment. London is singing, Brandon is up there, and we were like, no, this is where we're supposed to. We had no idea why, but it was definitely the first time in almost 10 years that we both felt God speaking to us and knew this is what we had to go go do. Yeah. And that was a challenge, but it was a really good uh good change to everything. It threw us, you know, the Hail Mary, you know, out to South yeah. Carolina, you know. <laughs> yeah. So before we before we get into your move um, over here, um, so like the whole situation changed um, when Darcy, you said, you know, you need to get up or get out. And um, of course, um, people believing in you and saying, you know, um, we're going to uh, you're not alone in this um, as you fight for your marriage. We're fighting with you, um, you know, hold hold it out, stick it out. And of course, a medication that you received, um, Louis, 
Was there anything else in there that you feel like before you moved to, to South Carolina that really improved the situation or was it the move then to South Carolina? Well, I think that, um, like I mentioned earlier, we both had to come to the conclusion that we needed to figure out how we in our own person could be healthy, spiritually healthy, physically healthy. My physical health had deteriorated because I was taking care of everyone else and not myself. I mean, literally my hair was falling out like by the clumps and my cheeks were sunken in because I wasn't taking care of myself. I yeah. think that that was a huge turning point in just feeling better physically and emotionally and spiritually that we took, we took a moment to have individual counseling and yeah. individual small groups um, and just changing our mindset that we needed to be healthy first. Yeah. Once we both felt um, that we were back at least to not being so depleted, then we were able to have conversations together. But it was very separate up to that point because we didn't know how to be a couple because he was different. He was not the same person that I married. And it, it was like we had to relearn how to be together. We had to relearn um, how to pray together, how to have a conversation, how mm -hmm. to even have a solution together. Because um, I was not agreeing with what he was saying because I didn't trust him coming from the right point perspective. I think for me personally, it came down to getting on my knees. Um, so really surrendering and, and eliminating any sin in my life, eliminating any um, baggage, any hardship, and just praying and saying, God, I need, you know, uh, it was really a situation where I, I remember being on the floor in the office in our California house and just saying, I can't take this, you know, this is too much for me to carry. I just need your help. You know? mm -hmm. And, and, and that was a moment between God and I that I, I know I turned to him and just said, you know, I can't do this on my own strength. I need your help. Yeah. So. And it was shortly after that, that he actually came to me and apologized. He said, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I haven't been there for you. I'm sorry. I haven't been the dad and the husband that God has called me to be. And it was, it was, it was a moment of brokenness for both of us. And we, that is actually right around the time when we chose um, to think about moving. Um, God, of course, in his ultimate wisdom, had taken everything away. <laughs> so we didn't have a choice. We had, to, we had to come to a point where we had to do something financially anyway, because we were going to lose the house. That we couldn't, we couldn't keep it. My job was over and we couldn't keep it. But we were finally then at a place where we could talk about that together um, because we were both hearing from God at that minute um, to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you've, ex you've experienced this Kairos moment, you've experienced this breakthrough um, experience. Um, and it's just like everything, you know, or a lot of things in life, it doesn't change automatically. You've still got the debt, you've still got the, you know, the, uh, relational issues that you have to overcome. Um, you still got to deal with the children. And uh, so you got to figure out ways practically. 
the great thing about it is though you'll have hope in your heart you have a, a faith you have vision you have something there you have a seed that god sown into your heart which is saying okay we can do this mm-hmm. but um that's where a lot of uh, people you know find find it the most troubling you you're in a church service you hear the speaker speaking you oh yes that's god um or just like you said you're a worship song or or you read a book or whatever but then actually working it out actually putting it into practice taking those painful uh, steps to overcome those issues um that is you know uh, very difficult and uh, i love the way you did that so one of the solutions was to move all the way from california to south <laughs> carolina <laughs> so tell us tell us how you worked how do you work started working all that out well, being in the mortgage underwriting field, I saw the property taxes and I went, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we moved out here um, and quickly got involved in the church. The church offers so many great uh, options and things for us, uh, one of which was re-engage, uh, which we, we took quickly as a couple. And I can say that we were a little, re- she was you reluctant. Say that. <laughs> she was that reluctant. So after God took everything away and brought us to South Carolina, which made no sense to either of us, we were trusting, stepping out in faith that we could live here because of that moment we felt at church. Um, but we were still not on the same page in our um, marriage. We were, we had to say you still loved each other or you yeah. doubted the love too. I mean, I loved her, <laughs> I knew that much. Uh, <laughs> I'll ask my wife. <laughs> I mean, yes, I loved him, but I wasn't sure I liked him. Yes, yes. It's a, it's a big difference. And at that point, I had resolved that we were going to just try to raise our kids in a better place. Um, and he was all for trying to fix our marriage, and I was all for let's just raise the kids. And then that reengage came up, and I said, no way. I mean, we, I had tried everything, every marriage book, marriage seminar, everything. You know, we've been been married over 15 years, 20 years almost by then. And I was like, no, we've tried it all. It doesn't work. No. And then I said, you're not going to do it anyway. So why am I putting my emotions through that? And then he said, just we'll just go and listen in the back. So we sat in the back and listened. And I was like, OK, let's go. And then the leader said, oh, you two in the back, you're new. Come sit in the front and talk to me. (laughs) I was like, no. So we went up there and shared a small bit of our story. And they said, you need to be here. You need to commit to coming. Sign this paper. (laughs) (laughs) I did not sign the paper. But I said I would consider committing to it. it. It took about a month before I would sign the paper to commit to wanting our marriage to be better. Um, but then you can say that next part, the re-engage part. Oh. Well, we, we took re-engage yeah. and we went into the couples group where they have small group settings like that. And, you know, this is a very confidential thing and, and we're in with other couples that are struggling in their marriage and you kind of divulge all the dirty details of what's going on, you know, in your in your life. And everybody's coming out with affairs and different challenges and affairs over here and affairs over there. And I was like, hey, I look pretty good now. <laughs> <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
had a great experience and grew uh, some relationships with the couples there and great support for us. Forced us to communicate. Mm -hmm. And forgive each other. And, we and, hadn't and, we hadn't been forced to do that before, and it was so yeah. simple. It was just like two or three questions a week. That's it, where we had to come up with an answer. But because it forced us to talk about important things and with God, and yeah. it forced us to pray together and forgive one another, we came out of reengage finally on on the same page in our marriage. You know, re-engage, not to talk too much about it, but we took it again and again. Uh, and we also yeah. have healed our marriage to a, a point where we were we ready for un we, yeah, we, were, <laughs> we were ready for unstoppable, Life the 90 day challenge. And yeah. that that really brought us to the next level with well, our relationship together and God. A little bit because we had finished re-engage and we were like, okay, now we love each other, we like each other again, we understand why we're married. And what we're going to do for our kids, but we were like, we just kept taking reengage. We didn't know what we were supposed to do next. What is? What do we do now? And then we heard about Unstoppable, and it was like, oh, find our why, find why we are on this planet, and why our marriage is now better, and what do we do now? So it, it was the perfect next step to uh, now take our story and hopefully help someone else. Yeah, that's awesome. I know that. Um... You know, um, uh, re-engage, it's been such a blessing here in our church. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so many different couples uh, that I've talked to who have gone through it. And like you just said, not just love each other, but actually like each other again. Uh, which is fantastic. And just love, uh, love the way that, you know, different uh, communities and different processes that we have at church uh, can build on top of each other. And uh, so then you came to Unstoppable, to the 90-day uh, mm -hmm. process. What what were you thinking when you started? Did you, know, <laughs> did you know what you got yourself in for? No, he had no idea. I signed him up. She signed me up. It was a role reversal, you know? But uh, it was great. I kind of went into it. Now I was reluctant. I was like, I'm not sure these are going to be this like another Bible study. You know, yes. I'm not sure what this is. Um, but I'll tell you, in those good first 10 years that we were married, I used to share my faith. I was on fire for the Lord. When things were good, I was sharing my faith. I had this little orange Bible, and I would walk people through, you know, the Roman road and all this kind of stuff. And then I, I feel like the devil attacked me you know, with this mental health issue and depression and all that stuff. and just took me down, you know. And... One thing that Unstoppable did was create the why statement for us individually. And my why statement was basically to be a peacemaker and to uh, be available for others so that they will see Christ in me and I can share my faith with them. And it's really brought me back to a point where I am excited again about sharing my faith, excited again about uh, walk, talking about my story or you know, using whatever the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, whatever God has a purpose for all this stuff that I've gone through, uh, it allows me to share my faith again uh, and with confidence uh, be bold. You know, we're in an area now, South Carolina, where we don't have a lot of friends. We don't have a lot of close connections. So it's a little harder to share your faith. But any opportunity that I get, I'm excited. To, uh, you know, I build relationships with people out here and you know, and music allows me to travel back 
when I went back to show, uh, the show Wicked, you know, I have a bass player friend that I've had 25 years sharing my faith with, and I'm praying that the Lord, you know, converts him, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just good to be back. You know, it's, it's good to, to be back in that place where I want to share my faith and be on fire for the Lord. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I can attribute that a lot to the unstoppable yeah. experience. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Sorry, just, uh, uh, we're ju- actually in the round that we're in now. We're just at the why statement. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just at the why statement. And it's like one of the most important pieces of the whole process is like, you know, when it all commun- it all comes together in the why statement, they, they get to know, you know, what role that they have in the kingdom, the capital that God's entrusted them with. They, they come out of a month where they sort of know the enemy um, that they want to overcome and then it's it all comes down to that why statement mm-hmm. and uh, it's so good hearing it from you louis because we're like giddy um expecting you know these these why statements that are coming with and the round that we have now we have like uh, over 100 people in it mm-hmm. so it's um it's it's a lot of why statements and a lot of people <laughs> are like you know saying this is this is now my purpose so. You know, a little bit to what you said, Tim, about how you have that moment in church and then you know you're supposed to do something, but then what do you do or how do you endure or how do you persevere or get through it? That's how you do it. You take your why, you figure out what your purpose is and you go do it instead yeah. of waiting or, you know, oh, yay, thanks for the moment. And then it passes. I think that's the that a lot of people make is that yeah they may have their kairos moment but they don't do anything with it or yeah. about it they don't step out like he was saying stepping out and now sharing his faith or yeah. stepping into a small group setting like unstoppable to to do something about what god has done in your life yeah that's awesome what i love with your story too is you both rededicated you renewed your vows mm-hmm. You said you're 25 years married. So what would you say? Um, stir that like, hey, let's give, I want to give you a, a new yes. It's almost like a new marriage that you're in yeah. with everything that you went through. What was it that you said, I want to give you a new yes. And what is maybe even different this time with giving the yes that you gave now to each other than the first time you did that? You know, it's a good question because <clears throat> when I moved here, I wasn't, hundred percent on board with the marriage part. Um, and I, that was my, my sin and my, um, issue, not his. And so I actually, um, went to Ireland, uh, with my mom to visit some relatives and had saved cash. So he wouldn't know. And I bought new wedding rings when I was there from a jeweler that made them, yes. And I purposely picked out the clotter ring because the clotter has two hands with the heart and the crown on top. And I wanted our marriage to mean, to mean more. So two friends united in love with Christ as the center. And I actually took him um, downtown and reproposed to him when, when I got back. And asked him if he'd marry me again um, because I felt like I had chosen in my heart to not want that um, 
before prior because of all of the struggle we've gone through. And so I wanted him to know, no, I do choose you, all of you, everything, the depression, the job loss, everything. I choose you forever. And we brought our kids with us when I proposed. And then um, we I just wanted it to be a momentous, special occasion. 25 years was coming just a few months later. And so we um, we got wedding dresses, or I got a wedding dress, a new one. The girls got bridesmaid dresses. Um, the boys got tuxedos. And we had a minister come to the Bahamas in the backyard. And we had an actual ceremony. I walked down the aisle to him. The kids all participated. Um, one of them sang one dance, one read a Bible verse. My daughter wrote a poem. It was so impactful that our kids see still choose each other in spite of the issue, in spite of having to persevere in the mud, and that God was going to still bless us, that we even had them sign the marriage certificate with us because it was so important to us that they see um, how big of a deal it was that we were choosing to stay married for the rest of our life, no doubt in any of their minds that yeah. we were making that choice. As it started to rain outside, it uh, the wedding day ceremony oh. was surrounded by rain uh, all day long. It was. And it led up for 20 minutes for us to be able to enjoy the ceremony outside, <laughs> outdoors. But if that's not imagery, I think God was there with us, you know, to say, look, I might, you might have all day, all, you know, filled with rain, but I'm here for that 20 minutes to give you protection and surround you with my love and, you know, and there for you. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that God, you know, used the rain in those ways sometimes <laughs> communicate with us or whatever. But, yeah, it was um, a very big deal, I think. In fact, I still haven't even gotten the wedding picture on the wall yet because it's just so special. I, I, we wanted our kids to take this moment and and go from that and not remember all of the yucky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's so powerful. We're coming to the end of our uh, interview, our conversation with you guys. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, at the end of our conversation, we usually take a moment just to talk about what our takeaways are. What was your takeaway, Rebecca? My takeaway is to um, hold on, like no matter what, what wrapped up so nicely in the end and with you rededicating. It's, even though you're saying it's important for your children, I think it's even more important for yourself of, yes, whatever comes, we went through a lot, but you will have my yes to hold on, but also the making sure how healthy am I? We always say, you know, to become a strong couple is only because if individually I become strong and Tim becomes strong together, that's why we become strong. It's not just because of the one, it's both to whatever level have to do the work and have to invest in a relationship we've got. So even your process of um, having conversation, having relationship for a time, even different small groups pursuing God how do you see me? How can I learn to see myself in, with God's perspective? And with that, I'm going to invest into the relationship again. Yeah, yeah for me, it was also something uh, similar. Uh, I wrote down perseverance. Mm -hmm. uh, my goodness, uh, kudos to the two of you, um, not just for, um, you know, always coming back to each other, 
Uh, but put, putting your trust in God, putting your trust in somebody um, who is bigger than you, who you receive power and grace and love to be able to stay in the fight. And uh, that's just incredible. And, uh, you know, on the one side, we can say, oh, it, you know, it was all, all God. But on the other side, it was like you, right? It was you making a decision. It was you con uh, consciously following up on what you felt God was saying to you and uh, really uh, making it work, allowing yourselves to be transformed, allowing yourselves, uh, your marriage to be transformed. And uh, so we're so thankful that you stayed in the fight, that you did that. We're so thankful that you came um, to Unstoppable and shared in that process. And we're able to take your uh, relationship, um, your family, your calling to the next level um, and got those why statements and those vision boards up and that you are, you know, fulfilling your dreams. You're fulfilling what God put on your hearts, uh, which is just incredible. If you think about your story, I mean, it, it, it could have been, it should have been in any normal situation, long gone. And dreams shattered, relationship broken, family dissolved. But uh, that's, that's a statement that the enemy had over you. And you, you know, you had a different statement over you. You had love, acceptance, uh, you rebuilt um, what God um, started and persevered. and you persevered through it all. So yeah. thank you so much for doing that uh, in the name of everybody who's going to watch this podcast or listen to it and be encouraged for their marriage to stay in the fight as well. Yes. Um, are you guys on Facebook, Instagram? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, Facebook. She's on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. All right. Yes. Darcy, give me your uh, Instagram handle for anybody who wants to connect with you. Um, it's actually my last name, uh, maiden name. So it's Darcy Levens Ali. L-E-V-E-N-S, Levens Ali. Levens Ali. All right, I'll write that down. You'll have a link in the show notes. Darcy Levens Ali. Yes. And uh, you'll be able to connect with them as well. Yes. Awesome. Rebecca, would you pray and for us? And if they go to a Broadway show, would they a chance to see you, Louis? <laughs> yeah, sure. go down to the pit and wave. <laughs> the drummer or percussion. Are you are you down in the in the pit? Yeah, I'm for me. sure. Yeah. Figuratively and uh, no. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Amen. All right, going to pray for you and for the listeners. Father, I want to thank you so much yes. for Louis and Darcy. Thank you so much yeah. for you bringing them through, yeah. for everything they faced, for all the decisions they could have made differently. Yeah. Father, you kept them close to you. You gave them the perseverance. You yeah. gave them the strength to not give up hope. Father, yeah. for so many years, it was just a daily routine that seems like nothing is changing yeah. sometimes even just moving forward not realizing it is a moving forward yeah. but it was taking a next step with the hope please lord let the breakthrough let the transformation let the healing be just around the corner and sometimes yeah. it takes time but it's also you showing them you did it 
You yeah. kept on trusting me. You kept on believing in me and believing, even rediscovering what you are made for. Thank you, Father, for all the couples who are listening in, who are maybe in a similar place, that they can lift up your eyes to you, knowing that you have a plan for them. And you always had that. When yeah. you brought them together on the wedding day, you did yeah. not make a mistake. You yes. knew exactly who's saying yes to each other. Yeah. And with that, you gave you yes they can walk through everything with you. Yeah. Healing is here, Father. Your hope is here. Your strength is, yeah. is here. So thank you, Father, that your healing is happening right now, that your solutions are right now there too, that yeah. they can see what can I do so I can get more healthy? What can I do that when I get healthy, my relationship, my marriage can become healthy yeah. again and that we can give each other a new yes? I mean, it, it might be like a, a renewal of the vows, but it's definitely a new yes every day again to the spouse that you have entrusted me with. So yeah. thank you for your presence, for your blessing, for your provision, yes. and that you are so generous yes. with you, with everything that yes. you have, and that we will receive that, and that we have and we can create the marriage that we always believed is possible because you are in it. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to the Unstoppable Duo Show. We pray that you were encouraged and were able to take away an idea of how your marriage can become a little more unstoppable this week. Are you looking for more? Twice a year, Rebecca and Tim coach a small number of couples through their 90-day Unstoppable Breakthrough Experience. Why not join them and create the marriage you always believed was possible? Go to theunstoppableduo.com and register today. We look forward to seeing you next week right here on The Unstoppable Duo Show.